Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave 32 teams in 32 days. And we are breaking down every single fantasy relevant player for each team for the upcoming season. Today, we're focusing on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, the fantasy plug, editor in chief of, of BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. And I am joined today. We're running a two man weave. Today's a special one by the Dynasty Don, the Fantasy Encyclopedia. The Maple Mamba, every single one that we got, and the lead writer at Brodo, uh, Mr. Matt Ward, at Psych Ward on Twitter, if you didn't already know. Um, he is basically uh, the, like, there he is, look at that guy. Uh, so, I mean, Matt is bringing you uh, so much content uh, through Brodo, and the way that you can receive that content is through the absolutely 100% free, no doubt about it, for free, for free, free, Fantasy Football by Brodo app. You can get it right now. It is the only tool you need to become your own expert and dominate in fantasy football. The stats you hear today, the stats you hear us use, are going to be exclusively found on the app. Well, not all of them exclusively, but some of them exclusively. Let's go over what we're talking about. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, fantasy player grades, usage stats, a start-sit tool, a who-to-draft tool, player comps, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, podcasts, waivers, and what I was talking about, every single advanced statistic that you could find everywhere else, but you can get it all in one app. No one else does that, by the way. And boom, we got exclusive stats that no one else has. True throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup rankings. These are exclusive stats that you cannot find anywhere else, and that literally give us the edge every single year. And the reason why this app can come to you, and I can be looking at a background like this at the same time, is because of the people at Patreon.com. They are the people that keep this running, not me and, and Matt. They are. They are the, the machine uh, behind this. Big thank you over to the people at Patreon. Like literally, like even though we're the faces and the people bringing the content, we couldn't do it without you. And we appreciate you so much that we want to give you extras. And when you join Patreon, you can get for as little as $3 a month, extra waiver wire show, access to Brodo Leagues, proven DFS cash game optimizers by it with a CASA rhythm. I'm going to uh, TM that, trademark that, Ooh. CASA rhythm, uh, algorithm by CAS, private team consultations, cheat sheets, the unlimited league that opened today. I'm so excited. All flex, all flex leagues, and the way that you can play uh, with prizes, by the way, on uh, join the Patreon. That's how you do it. Uh, and also, the best part, access to the greatest community in the world on Discord, the Brodo Discord, the greatest people of all time. Um, yeah, I've been talking for a long time. That was a that was a little bit off-topic intro. If you're watching, by the way, Brodo, uh, I'm sorry, uh, YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy, before we get anywhere. And, and the reason I listen, this is my sixth different location, all right? Like, I'm a nomad recording these, just so, just so everyone knows. And this one... In particular, Jason is away on vacation, hard-earned vacation, very well-earned, and I snuck into his apartment without him knowing. He has no idea I'm here. So uh, that's what we're on. But Matt always got the hypnotic, beautiful background. Look at that thing. You're just, I just I just get lost in it, Matt. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Wait, the Matt is lost in that Matt is lost in the background right now as well. There we go. I'm back. <laughs> there he is. There he is. All right. Again, Matt literally got lost in his in his own trance right now. Anyway, with that with that being said, let's get into the offensive outlooks for these uh Buccaneers. Uh how do you say that? Oh, oh let's set it. Let's get it. Oh, we got the different transitions. Um new head coach is Todd Bowles. Okay. Bruce Arians moves to the front office, not gone. This is because of his rumor tension with Brady. And no one seemed to really talk about it because Deshaun Watson took the headlines. But, you know, Brian Flores' uh, you know, lawsuit led to the Miami Dolphins losing two draft picks, a first-round draft pick. And on top of that, sorry about that, and on top of that, they uncovered that Tom Brady and Sean Payton had a plan to buy part of the Dolphins and go and play, and, and it was like a whole thing, and there was collusion, and they got fined like crazy, and no one's talking about it. Um, I wonder if that had something to do with the Bruce Arians uh, beef, probably. Um, but anyway, it's Todd Bowles who takes over. Yeah, it's Todd Bowles who takes over. He was the defensive coordinator since 2019 after a four-year stint with the Jets. Um, same offensive coordinator, though, Byron Leftwich, who has been learning under Arians for many, many years. Uh, first, he was a QB in Pittsburgh when Arians was the OC. Then he was an intern in Arizona, then the quarterback's coach in Arizona, and now the OC with the Buccaneers. So this guy has been learning under the tutelage of risk it, no biscuit. No risk it, no biscuit himself, <laughs> Mr. Bruce Arians. I didn't know uh, that about, about their like tenure together. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, they've been there. Uh, they're tethered at the waist, these yeah, guys. That's yeah, wild. so. They obviously he's obviously very big on Byron Leftwich and probably because he can lead an offense that was second in points per game that while passing the most in the league, 65.5 percent of plays they passed. Going into the season, their P, uh, PFF ranks their O-line fourth. Uh, they made some additions as well. The big one. Uh, that everyone's talking about, the recent one, wide receiver Julio Jones, which I'm very, very curious to hear Matt's thoughts on. Uh, tight end Kyle Rudolph and guard Shaq Mason. They also drafted rookies Rashad White, a running back, and tight end Cade Otten. Oh, oh Matt's ready to talk about him Rashad. as well. <laughs> and their subtractions, of course, for now at least, tight end Rob Gronkowski, uh, who, you know, I, I think it's either the worst-kept secret uh, – that he's coming back or the best kept secret because everyone thinks he's coming back. And he, if he's not coming back, it's the best kept secret of all time. So you could probably, you could probably, we'll talk about him later. Uh, guard Ali Marpet and running back Ronald Jones. Uh, goodbye. See you later. That is over that, Rojo. that experiment Rojo. So let's get into this quarterback, bro. Uh, Tom Brady. I mean, the, the question is what the question always is. Is he going to, is father time finally going to catch up to him? I don't think so. <laughs> like, I mean, I think people are quietly like you already prefaced it, like the second in scoring and he led the league in passing touchdowns and passing yards. And I think people are quietly ignoring the fact that he didn't just lead the league in passing yards. That was his career high in passing yards in 21 years. The Bro, most yards he's ever passed for. To be so, honest, I didn't even know that until you just that's said That's what it. I mean. <laughs> like, and, and yes, I get it. Like there's an extra game, but it was also like on the highest amount of deep ball attempts and leading the league in air yards. Like after the Patriots had kind of stopped letting him throw deep and really be a true pocket passing quarterback. And then he just goes to the Bucks and, you know, has been lighting it up. So like, I don't, I think... Father, when Father Time catches up to Brady, he's going to know before anybody else, and he's mm. not going to play another snap. So does so does the fact that he retired this this offseason worry you in any way? To maybe he's sensing that. 
I yes and no because of the um like the lawsuits and, and the fines that the Dolphins just got hit with. Mm, like we true. know he was retiring so that he could go play for Miami. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know why more people, like more players at least, don't negotiate ownership of the team uh, in their contracts, uh, particularly like a LeBron James. Like he should be part owner of the Lakers 1000% or at least like part owner of the Cavs. 100%. Like there's no reason why he should randomly like Conor McGregor was like the first guy to ever figure that out. And he told the UFC, like every time I fight, I want shares of the company. Hmm. That's uh well, <laughs> he made a, he made a good decision. Yeah. That Conor, that Conor. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this isn't, this also isn't the most, I guess it's scientific. It's not the most scientific, but I'm, I'm a, the Tom Brady diet uh, is sort of like a paleo diet. It's like uh, that. that's kind of like what, it's, what it is. There's no processed food. I've done it. I've dropped weight, and I've, I've felt good, and I feel better, and I feel spry, and I feel better than I did when I was 24. So if he's doing this professionally and taking, be, taking care of himself, like, why not? Like, the dude's half robot budget. anyway. Yeah. Right. And he's got all these. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I mean, especially at cost, he's he's going off the board at 81st overall at QB9, like in that range of, you know, Aaron Rodgers, um, upside plays like Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins, uh, Derek Carr, like right around in that range and in those rounds. So it's like you've already like Tom Brady is that classic. You go late round QB, but you get a late round QB that has QB three upside. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's really draft Tom Brady. Don't be scared. Yeah, like, I, uh, I wouldn't be scared. It's it's foolish now that for the last 10 years, he's been falling. It's, it's foolish at this point, especially because of his weapons. So let's get into these wide receivers. I got to be honest. Uh, Mike Evans is someone that in the beginning of the offseason, like when I was drafting in the Scott Fishbowl, which if you don't know what Scott Fishbowl is, it's a big fantasy tournament for experts and fans. And it's it's like I think it's the biggest one in fantasy. Oh, yeah. And and you have to um you, you draft very early, like in July. I call it the unofficial start of the fantasy season. Back then, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin was gonna miss six weeks, and there was no Julio Jones, and it looked like he, no Grob Gronkowski in the end zone, and it looked like it was gonna be the Mike Evans show and he was connected to Tom Brady and he's connected to this Buccaneers offense. I wanted every single part of that. I've slowed my role on Mike Evans a little bit. Now, as the news has come back that Chris Godwin is looking as if he might be able to play week one. Also Julio Jones. Look, we'll talk about Julio. I'm not sold that Julio is going to be a thing, but he's there. Right. So yeah. how, how is your feeling on Mike Evans? I didn't drop him too much. He's like wide receiver seven or eight in my rankings right now. Um, like yeah. So how are you, how are you feeling about that? I think you kind of nailed it uh, a couple weeks ago or, or even last month, so to speak, if, if you were doing those earlier drafts or even in your underdog best ball drafts when the puppy dropped, I felt like he was amazing value. You were getting him in the fourth round and, you know, uh, and again, it was you were getting him in the fourth round with all of that news. His ADP hasn't moved at all, yeah. but all of those other options have moved up. So that's where I get a little bit concerned, right? Because that, that ADP was with the idea, that fourth round ADP of wide receiver 12 was with that idea that Godwin was going to miss six weeks. His target share was going to regress back to a career norm um, because he only had an 18% target share last season, which was like 58th in the league. And, and obviously he had that red zone touchdown upside that he had even with Gronk on the field. Now sans Gronk 14 touchdowns, isn't even out of the question where it seemed like a 
massive almost outlier of of scoring production from Mike Evans last season with all of the other options. So I felt really, really good about him. I still do. And I still think Godwin's going to need some time to get back to speed. I think Gronk being gone increases that touchdown floor again. So I think double digit touchdowns shouldn't even, you know, concern that that's kind of his floor i think yes i agree you could assume it almost yeah yeah exactly and i mean again his cost is palpable enough um you're gonna get him in in the fourth round or early third um at you know a top 12 wide receiver is what you're paying for him but like mike evans has never had uh a season below wide receiver 24 in points per game he's the first wide receiver in nfl history to have eight consecutive a thousand yard seasons in their first eight years um yeah he's finished with like two top 10 two top five and a top three finish in point per game in his career like Mike Evans even with a lower target share is just consistent you're gonna get a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns and I don't know like you know there's a few options in that range that I do like but I don't know if I like them more than Mike Evans yeah, I agree. I think Mike Evans right now is a safe pick at where he's going at ADP. I think if you're if you're in a situation where it's like, all right, I don't really believe in any of these guys. I don't think there any of them are going to explode. I'm going to go Mike Evans because I know that hey, Mike Evans might not blow the doors off PPR. He might not catch a hundred balls, you know, but he's gonna he's going to come down with the ones in the end zone, the ones that are important, and he's going to be consistently involved in the offense. He's never going to really give you a, a dud game. So I think that I that's my projection for mike evans this year let's go to the other side because now you got julio jones on the other side which look man to be honest i'm done playing the game of julio jones but but it's hard to say that because when you look at his brodo player grades it's literally a a plus a a plus a a plus until you get to the injury where it falls off a cliff to the point where he didn't even qualify last year and when that happens to a guy his age and to a guy with his injury history, it's very concerning. I don't think there's any chance Julio Jones plays 17 games this year. I don't think the chance of that is zero percent. So I think what you're banking on is he at least plays most of his games. So Matt, uh, are, do you think I'm on? And what do you think he could do when he plays? Like, what do you think I'm on on target, or do you think uh, what are you what are you thinking? Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't like to pr- predict for injuries, but yeah, I, I think that that's probably like a safe bet. If yeah. you were really going to place the under on 17 games, uh, you take the under on Julio Jones. But I think what you're, what you're really looking for and what you want at his cost is simply what Antonio Brown did last season where no, he didn't play every game, but he was a massive, massive advantage for his cost with the points per game that he did put up. And yeah, like you can't even really look at at Julio's season last last year and and use efficiency in, because he barely had any opportunities in the ten games that he played, and his true target value took a gigantic dip because Tannehill's true throw value took a di- gigantic dip from the top five to twenty ninth overall. But there's something really really interesting that I found on Twitter today, and I feel like it's super pertinent to what's going on. Okay. There's only like. 14 receivers ahead of Julio Jones in total yards in the NFL in though in their age 33 season. These are where they finished. Jerry Rice had 24.8 points per game. Larry Fitzgerald had 15.3 Terrell Owens had 17.6 Moss had a big drop off with 6.1 Tim Brown, 16.3 Steve Smith, 13.4 Marvin Harrison, 17.9. And the list goes on with just a bunch of guys above 
13 points per game at age 33. And mm. the, the correlation is that all of those dudes are the only people in NFL history with more yards than Julio. So I, I do think that you can see gigantic production on a week to week basis, but you're not drafting him in expectancy that he's going to be on your championship lineup. If that makes sense. <sighs> Matt, that was it. That was a, that was a mind blower. I'm not going to lie. It made me a little warmer on Julio Jones. Cause f- before this, I was out on him and I feel like the, the, the fever pitch hasn't reached that insane level yet where we, you have to pay an exorbitant amount for Julio Jones. Like you don't have to pay up for wide receiver three. Julio did, Jones. Yes. Because he was essentially retired. Yeah. He did jump a hundred spots in ADP, <laughs> but right now it's wide receiver 61, 167th overall. Like that's not like, who no. else are you going to get in that range that has an Antonio Brown of 2021 upside? Mm. Yeah. I mean, oof. That you're making me warm on Julio. Don't do this to me. I took Julio last year in the Scott Fishbowl and he killed me, bro. My team was so good and it was a wasted pick and it <laughs> came back to bite. It just, it's really just, and like, man, again, I, we're going to talk about the next guy and the next guy is like, I really yeah. think you can just feel pretty comfortable drafting Buccaneers players at their cost. Cause they got the goat at Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, one guy who's, who is ahead of schedule, uh, Chris Godwin. This guy is, uh, look, everything about Chris Godwin I love. Uh, he's always a great fantasy player, but he has injury history. Uh, also, he, you know, he's he's been the guy who's he's been the Chris Bosch of this uh, yeah, Miami I, Heat yeah, experiment. <laughs> you know, he's kind of put his his own stats down, like his own stats have gone down, even though he still plays that crucial role to his team. Um, and that's not good for fantasy. It's good for the Bucks. It kind of facilitates other guys. But Chris Godwin has still been a solid player. With that being said. How are you feeling about Chris Godwin's ability to like sustain success in your lineup? Because lately it's, it's, it's been very bleh, you know, uh, agree to disagree. Of, like it's not been of late. Yeah. Well, so yes, he, so two years or two seasons ago, he was wide yes. receiver two in points per game. And yeah. that's the Chris Godwin. I, I miss right. And as a dynasty guy, you were seeing him, you know, in the top 10 wide receivers. And then he fell back down to wide receiver 24 in points per game. And then last year was wide receiver seven in points per game, uh, matching his true target value as wide receiver seven. Hmm. But a big part of that was obviously a a massive, not target share, but target load, (laughs) so to speak. Like he had a very high target rate. Everybody on the Bucks had a pretty low target share when you're looking like across the board or across the league. Um, Brady really spread the ball out. And I mean, when you're that good at football, it's not (laughs) hard to do. Like you can make everybody good. You really can. So I I feel good about Chris Godwin. Um, I feel good about his injury discount being baked into his ADP. Yeah, I love that. He's on on pace for week one. Um, right now going as the uh, 61st overall wide receiver, 24 off the board. Um, that was his lowest points per game finish in the last four seasons was wide receiver 24. My biggest concern is obviously the injury. Even if he does make it back for week one, we saw Dalvin Cook come back a year to the date of his ACL tear, or I mean early, earlier than that, but like a season to the date of his ACL tear. And he struggled that whole season. And then the next year was the Dalvin cook that we remembered because his knee was really fully healthy. Right. Um, And yeah, ACLs are certainly not as significant as they once were, but I don't think that he's going to be mid season, Chris Godwin until mid season. Mm. And 
you know, that could definitely hurt your lineups a little bit. But again, like a wide receiver 24 for a guy that has a legitimate top 10 point per game ceiling. Like I still like that in the sixth round. I, I like Chris Godwin this year. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I remember, see, I, it's hard to place because he hasn't had blow. He doesn't have the blow up games he used to have when he was wide receiver too. So you remember that Chris Godwin, but the consistency that you're getting out of him, I feel like it's, it's, it's what you said. It's because Tom Brady is a quarterback. Mike Evans, consistent. Chris Godwin, consistent. Chris Godwin, four wide receiver, one finishes last year. Four wide receiver, two finishes last year. Three wide receiver, three finishes. And then three outside of that. Now, that sounds like a very consistent wide receiver with someone who doesn't hit home runs. But then but then look at the biggest home run threat of all, Jamar Chase, only had four wide receiver runs. So that would match Godwin. Less wide receiver, two appearances than Godwin. So Godwin matched him in wide receiver one and was more consistent. So you can get a guy like that late because of the injury discount, but you got to be patient. But I think I feel like the injury discount is that is baked in there for the patients. There's a good reason too. like he was third in yards after the catch and coming off an ACL tear, you would just immediately assume for those open field numbers to regress a little bit while he gets back up to game speed. Um, So yeah, like a big, you know, over 55% of his yards on the season were after the reception. Um, And if that regresses, yeah, you're going to have a bit of a lower ceiling with Godwin. Um, But again, another thing, like only five touchdowns. So you can also assume positive scoring regression for him Mm, for sure uh let's get into these running backs uh fat boy himself uh leonard fournette who uh showed everyone that they were being stupid and they don't they don't understand like these guys have an off season man like let them live and then they come back to training camp and they get in shape that's what they do you can drop 15 pounds in, in in training camp it's okay anyway leonard fournette he was an absolute monster last year when he was on the field his season was derailed because of an injury. Um, Rashad White, I know, is someone you love in Dynasty. Yep. So, I mean, with that equation, I'm going to say I'm not scared to draft Fournette. He's still on a high-powered offense. and um, But if I'm looking to handcuff him, Rashad White is an option. And Rashad White got that pass-catching prowess. So let's talk about these running backs because Matt has been itching to talk about Rashad <laughs> White uh, this for 22 minutes and 17 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll get the big boy out of the way first. Um, yeah, Fournette finished as the RB3 in points per game with 18.3 at a true player grade of A. His current ADP is RB14, um, but that's 25th overall. So he's still like a, a late second-round pick, essentially. Um, he only had 180 rushing attempts, which is way down from what he used to the workload he used to have in Jacksonville um, and 819 rushing yards, which was 19th in the league. But he made up for that with just a ridiculous target total, um, 84 targets, 69 receptions, which was also third, a 14 percent target share. Um, but like he was just very like he was just very average. He was 18th in rushing yards over expected and 18th in yards per touch, 18th in yards per route run and 24th in yards per reception. Like it's, it's, he was kind of just a product of Mike Evans got hurt for a little bit. Chris Godwin was out halfway through the season after the saints game, Antonio Brown retired midway after playing the Jets. So like Fournette was essentially their wide receiver two, And at sometimes mm-hmm. their wide receiver one, um, I don't think that's going to continue this season. No, I, I genuinely don't like not with all of the options. If they're healthy. I mean, a guy that we forgot to talk about, but I can get out of the way really quickly is like Russell Gage has a higher yeah. target share and target rate than everybody on the roster. 
higher than Mike Evans, higher than Chris Godwin. So like if that guy's supposed to be a number three, that's they're taking a lot of what Lenny's ceiling was in 2021 away from him, which mm. is the pass catching. Um, I do still think that he can return RB1 value and you're not drafting him as RB14, right? Like, so that's still pretty decent value. But in that second round range, like when you're talking about guys like Alvin Kamara being there and Saquon Barkley being there, like not me, to mention the wide receivers, the wide, it, absolutely. And I mean, the tight ends, Mark Andrews is going, right. you know, 210. So, right. um, when you have all of those players in that range where their target ceiling is locked and loaded, whereas Lenny's was very much a product of a offense was built a certain way. And then four of those five pieces were missing. Right. So like, I, I like Lenny and I do think he has a top, 12 floor or ceiling rather but i think it's 12 do you know what i mean like i think his his very ceiling is a low-end rb1 this this season and that pass catching work if it's going to the backfield i think there's a legitimate opportunity that more than half of it goes to rashad white and you if you look at this buccaneers backfield they've had a plethora of They've been trying to get a good receiving back in that backfield for a while. They tried it with Giovanni Bernard. They tried it with a Bogawale. They tried it with a bunch of guys. And they it's they haven't found the guy yet. And then they started feeding Leonard Fournette. And I think, like Matt said, Leonard Fournette is not a pass-catching back. He just was getting passes. Um, so tell us about Rashad White because he could be someone who has a little PPR potential. I mean, I, I think he's got the world of potential. I legitimately think he's got the highest potential out of any running back in his class, like other than other than Brees Hall. Um, Man, yeah, I, mean, he, I, was about to, I was about to shut this whole thing down. Right now. <laughs> other than Brees, <laughs> like genuinely, like I, I like him more than Walker. I like him more than Cook. And yes, that's cost considering, but I do. Um, he he was the first running back in Arizona State history that led the team in rushing and receiving. And yes, that was in a shortened like COVID season, but in that season, he also led the Pac-12 in yards per reception and yards per carry so it was efficiently like it wasn't just a volume he was efficiently the best player in the pac 12 in the short season and then in just 11 games over a thousand yards on just 182 carries 15 total touchdowns 43 receptions 456 yards like this guy is a supercharged james white he is a supercharged James White with better athleticism and similar size to, okay, like Lenny's got 20 pounds on him, but they're both six foot and like 220. You know, Lenny's just 240 and, and offseason Lenny's 265. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, man, Rashad White is, is the real deal. And I, I think I was comfortable with his draft profile and his prospect profile knowing the insane um, – like analytic receiving profile that he was coming in with with him going in like the fourth or fifth round and the bucks drafted him in the third like the bucks looked at that kid like that that's a starting running back Hmm. i mean leonard Fournette also you know with the injury history all of a sudden rashad white it turns into a a, he's a guy to put on the end of your bench i'm a big fan a giant fan of handcuff early and i know that is completely left of what the industry tells you to do completely but when you have no bye weeks, and there, I don't think there's a bye week to week four this year, when you have no bye weeks, your bench should be filled with two things, potential and just-in-case situations. Because if yep. you're if you're the Christian McCaffrey uh, manager 
and he goes down in week two, you're really happy you have Chuba Hubbard. Nah, you know, not that happy, but two years ago, you're really happy you had Mike Davis. You know Dante what I mean? Like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, sure. it's 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 a it's it's just an important thing. Last year I had Zeke. I handcuffed him with Pollard. Ended up both of those guys uh, were good for me. Uh, let's get to these tight ends. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just think that that is legitimately the perfect example because Tony Pollard has weekly flex upside and is also arguably the most important handcuff in fantasy because of the pass catching. And like Rashad White's going as the RB 54, 166 overall behind Mark Ingram, JD McKissick, Jamal Williams, freaking Evan McPherson, a kicker and Tyler Algier. Like I just get out of here with that, man. Rashad White's going to have weekly playability and will be a guaranteed like RB one. If Fournette gets hurt. That's what you get at Brodo people. We ain't afraid. We ain't afraid to, to tell you how it is. Um, speaking of which, what over under week 10 on Rob Gronkowski coming back? <laughs> uh, uh, week one um i don't know man right now it's kyle rudolph kate Otten, and cameron Brait. um yeah. i like kate as a dynasty stash we wrote about him well before uh the gronk announcement because of the possibility of it in general i actually um, picked him up because i i edited that article i i, I it was insider trading i edited that <laughs> article before it went out and so as before I even put it out, I was like, all right, I'm going to check if Kate Otten is on my dynasty rosters. And I picked them up in a, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, with that being said, uh, continue, continue. It's just no, funny. No, these three it. guys, just, just a bunch of tall, burly white dudes. Right. Like, they're all just trying to be Rob Gronkowski would really are. And, and, and none of them are. Yeah. Right, and we saw Gronk had this incredible target ceiling and or uh, points per game ceiling and target ceiling. Hell, he was earning some some really valuable looks out there, and he's Brady's guy. Like he's the best man at the wedding. You know what I mean? So none of those guys are that. None of those guys are that level of talent. Um, and the addition of Russell Gage, Julio Jones, a uh, healthy Chris Godwin, a Rashad White in the backfield to take short yardage touches, um, or short yardage receptions away from that that tight end like i just don't think you're gonna have much upside of the tight end position in tampa bay at all it's probably the only position on the offense that i'm not looking at literally every one on the depth chart yeah i think that it's, it's gonna be a those guys are gonna be weekly streams where if they catch a touchdown you're thrilled if they don't then you're probably uh out of luck gonna get a yeah. reception in eight yards let's get to our bold prediction my bold prediction is that rob gronkowski returns to action in week I was going to say week. I, that was, I was going <laughs> yeah, well, to, I, I thought you were going to, oh, I thought I you were going to say Rashad white. Well, I, I, there was supposed to be a two parter. Cause I do think that Gronk isn't done and, and it really does seem like he is, but we've been down this road. Yeah. He's really been retired before. Um, in worse health. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, my bold prediction is pretty obvious, man. Rashad white's more point per game than Leonard Fournette. Whoa. Okay. Remember, um, these bold predictions are, don't hold us to them. You know, don't hold us to them. They're, they're just like, uh, they're, they're, Oh, <laughs> let's get it. Hold on. I got to hit this one. A spicy. Uh, it's lit. Bars, <laughs> all these things. I forgot all of them today. Don't worry. Next time I got you guys. Uh, we're going to hit the Falcons next for our last duo run. Uh, Matt and myself. Hold on. I'm messing up this uh, right there. I uh, see. see just, I just wanted people to get lost in that uh, Matt, in that background. And then Matt's got the baby blues, too. They just pop with that background. Look at those. Look at the, look at the, look at the baby blues. Uh, with that being said, Matt, where could they find those baby blues? <laughs> you can you can find him at psychwardff on all social media. 
Uh, you can find me at Broto FF Tim. You can find the team at Broto FF Mike, at Broto FF Cass, at Broto FF Jason. And then you can. BrotoFantasy.com. Fantasy Football by Broto App. And at Broto Fantasy. And at FF by Broto. We, we, we have some. We're an army, bro. Gee, we're an army. army. An army. Yeah. Join the army. We'll see you next time. Hut, hut. Peace. Little did you know this was all just army propaganda the whole time. Like, <laughs> so just. Le-